0: The telephone rang in my bedroom, a grub filled with fancy shit and done up in a Bardello style. My vision blurred. I looked at the digital clock. Seven-twenty in the morning. Knowing I slept late, nobody called me early in the morning unless there was an emergency. "Hello," I answered faintly, and my better half curled up under the blanket. The lightheadedness from the previous night's liquor spun the room, and I felt I was on a carnival carousel. I lifted the receiver, my fingers buttery, and it fell to the floor. I hoisted it up by the cord and pressed it to my left ear, a headache pounding. ''Hello, Henry. It's Jimmy. Wake up and get to my place fast.'' ''I got home at four o'clock last night on a red-eye from Vegas. What's so important for you to call so early?'' I bitched, coughing. ''It's almost seven-thirty, so get going. By the way, on your way in, go and get Tommy.'' ''What's so darn important, Jimmy?'' "'Frenchie, that's what's important. "'This is all I'm telling you. "'I don't want to say nothing on the phone. "'Hurry to my joint.' "'I crawled out of bed, "'yawning and staring aimlessly around the bedroom. "'The furnishings were tasteless, with gold-colored trimmings, "'and my wife Karen had covered the walls "'with velour-like purple wallpaper. "'Worse yet, she bought a violet and yellow shag carpeting. "'All too shocking to the eye, especially with a hangover.' Not even four hours back from Vegas, and I had to handle a problem, maybe a big one. I gazed in the mirror, and seeing strands of gray in my sandy hair ruined the morning. My eyes, normally hazel, were a pair of pink marble balls. Too much fucking boozing. I threw on a mint-green silk shirt, a beige-worsted wool sport jacket, and a pair of brown pleated slacks. The Easter holidays and the Air France celebrations had ended, and it was time for Burke and company to jumpstart business. But I was dying to find out what the hell would make Jimmy call and get me down to his joint, Robert's Lounge, so damn early. Jimmy Burke, Tommy DeSimone, and I were outlaws. Our livelihood was the product of crime after crime. The thought of earning an honest living was far from our minds. We didn't know how. Cargo truck hijackings, selling untaxed liquor and cigarettes, loan sharking, bookmaking, gambling, and manipulating union contracts were the roots of our income. The Roberts Lounge Gang, as the cops labeled us, was a rather odd bunch. We were a posse of felons guided by self-imposed rules. We didn't rob the poor, the old, or the weak. We cheated the government, defrauded multibillion-dollar corporations, high-interest credit card companies, banks— and those price-gouging airlines. According to Jimmy, wealthy conglomerates took advantage of naive consumers, and he saw justification in stealing from that heart of crooks. This was the gospel he taught us, and I, for one, believe Jimmy the Gent-Burke was a model citizen. I was crafty at rigging sports betting and screwing hoodwinked bookmakers. They were nothing but backstabbers anyway, and Tommy swindled loan sharks who chose violence to collect from strapped borrowers. Many of the Shylocks had the balls to charge five points a week. That morning, Tommy and I drove to Jimmy's seedy bar, a front for the gent's sources of illegal revenue. We slid out of my 63 Maroon Chevy Impala Supersport and moseyed into the shadows of Robert's Lounge, a stink of stale beer souring the air. "'How you doing, Don?' I said to Jimmy's bartender. "'Hey, Henry, Tommy, what's new? How was Vegas?' he asked. "'We won big-time, Don. Got back late last night. Is Jimmy here yet? He's downstairs waiting for you.' We went down to the lower level, a basement set up for card games, loitering, planning the swindle of the day, and general bullshitting. Jimmy also used this dungeon-like sublevel as a tomb. On one side was a bocce court, and beneath it... He had buried four or five bodies of the unfortunate who had done him wrong. An octagonal game table took up most of the cement slab floor, and a ten-foot bar was on the opposite wall. Jimmy was at the table reading number sheets, tallies his runners had taken in the night before. Skipping any greetings or pleasantries, he gaped absently at Tommy and me. "'Sit down, will you?' We dragged out two chairs and sat with anxiety to hear the urgency of this.